0: Once again. Thanks for being at church today, especially if you're uh, here as a guest. We're just honored you're here. If I haven't met you, my name's Brandon. I'm one of the pastors. I want to welcome all of you online again. Hey, go ahead and grab your note sheet out of your worship God. Take some notes today for the, the message, or if you're a digital note taker, it's available on the app. You can uh, download that for any of your devices and take notes. Send them to yourself. Email. It's all good. Hey, it's a fun day. I hope you got Christmas tree cakes. Come on, we need them out of the building. So today is your day to just be a little gluttonous, okay? I don't, you know, don't take it too far, you know what I'm saying, within the bounds of what the lord would be pleased with but the more white christmas tree cakes you eat the better okay that's where jesus is at that's his presence so the closer you want to be to him you can have those you know if you're struggling you probably got like a gingerbread cookie or something but it's okay we're all in this together you're going to be fine all right uh santa is in the in the building i don't know if you saw santa i know him he's here all right don't walk by awkward and give santa the evil eye just stop and take a picture with Santa. You'll be glad that you did when you leave out of the place. He's a good Santa. Looks really, really good. My son said, hey, Dad, you know that's not the real Santa, right? He's just a helper, okay? So nobody feel the pressure as if you haven't been as good as you need to be. He's a helper, okay? So there's still time to get that right. Hey, I'm excited as we conclude our series Behold today. This entire series has been about stopping and taking notice of what Christmas is really about. This word behold means to really look with intent. It means to really stop, to pay attention, not to glance over it, not to move past it in a fast-paced way. But it means to really take notice of what it's all about. And this whole series is out of Isaiah 7, 14, and here's what it says. Therefore, the Lord himself, that's really good. When God shows up and says, hey, I'm about to do something, that's important. He himself will give you a sign. Behold, underline that That's important. It's the title of the series. Behold, it's important. A virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. When God shows up and says, hey, I'm about to give you a sign, a little clarity, a little extra help. Some of us sometimes need a little extra help. I get in trouble uh, in my house when I ask where something is. I'll promise we don't have something. I can't find something. And my wife is like, well, it just happens to be right in front of your face. And I'm like, oh. It's been there the whole time. Did you just put it there? And she is frustrated by saying, no, it's been there the whole time. As a matter of fact, it's there all the time. I mean, I don't know if anybody else is that way. But to really pay attention and don't miss it. See, God's done something miraculous at Christmas, but I think culturally we miss it. We talk all about it. We sing all the songs. We know about Christmas, but we really miss what Christmas is about. So this month we've just taken some time to behold, to look intently on what it is. In week one we talked about a gift to behold, the gifts of Christmas, of what this birth of Jesus really means for us. Last week, we talked about a truth to behold because we understand now that life is difficult. Even at the Christmas season, we were told, we skip that, and it's not as fun to read that there's going to be a lot of pain, Mary, that it's going to be like a sword through your heart, Mary, that you're going to have a difficult season, Mary. That doesn't sound as good sitting around the Christmas tree, so we skip that part and we read everything else, but... We had a heads up. Hey, it's going to be difficult sometimes. Life is not always going to be easy. And then today, I titled your message, A Christmas to Behold. Because I think we treat Christmas just like a season. And I know Christmas is a season, but like everybody in here, now we are really divided and passionate about when we put up Christmas decorations. Some of you, you want to be friends with somebody. You've lost friends on Facebook because they put up their Christmas decorations too early. You just looked at them and said, nope, ain't my people. And you just got rid of them because Christmas came out before Thanksgiving. And some of you said, how could you? Be so ugly and so rude and disrespectful to Thanksgiving by pulling out a Christmas tree. Well, I'm just going to tell you, my house, we're those people, okay? My wife loves Halloween, and so she, you know, everything's Halloween. We have rats and cobwebs, I mean, all the stuff. It's just how we roll, okay? Some of you don't even listen to the rest of this message. You've already cut me out. You're ready to go, but just stick with me. As soon as a Halloween goes up, the Christmas tree comes out. And let me give you my thoughts on this. Here's my thoughts. If I'm going to go to all that trouble to dig out all of those boxes and all of that stuff and drag it upstairs and unload all of it, we're going to enjoy it for more than two weeks, okay? So by the time Christmas gets here, I want to be so sick of looking at all that Christmas stuff that I am ready for it to come down. Because the day after Christmas It's back in the closet at my house, all right? It is up and it's gone. Some of you are like, no, it needs to go into the new year. Well, I need to tell you all something. Christmas is over, okay? You're holding on to something. That doesn't even make sense. Christmas is over. But if you start early, like I do, you're ready for it to be over. Secondly, husbands, let me help you something. Happy wife is a happy life. Look, let me just let me just be honest about it. All I have to do is get the boxes upstairs. I don't even have to do anything else. Once it's upstairs, I am done. So she does the rest. So if it makes her happy, what does it matter to me? They're going upstairs one way or another. So let's go ahead and get it done. Get it out of the way. And then thirdly, when the Halloween stuff comes out, I don't want to put that on top of Christmas and then dig it all back out. It's just a system. It all switches places. If you need some help, See me after church. I'm going to give you the hookup, okay? Change your life. But we treat Christmas just like we treat the decorations. You see, we treat Christmas and this message, this miracle of Christmas, as if it comes out when we get the tree, when we put up the lights, we wrap the presents, and we do all the Christmas tradition. But then we take this gospel, this message, this miracle of Christmas, and we put it back in the attic when it's over until the next season rolls around. But today, what I want to challenge us, challenge us in is that Christmas should be the gift that keeps on giving all year round. Christmas should be a lifestyle. Christmas should be something that we behold and look intently into. My son is six, and this past week, he was under the Christmas tree, and he was trying to determine what was in those boxes come on some of you got kids that do that grandkids some of you remember doing that and you shake them to see if you can figure it out and so he had this like flat like a piece of paper type present under the tree and he pulled this out and he said dad what's this and I said well I don't know bud what do you think it is and he said well dad this doesn't look like anything I ordered Which got me. He's using our lingo, right? The Amazon, you know, culture we have. We ordered it. You know, when I was a kid, we said, I didn't ask for anything like this. I said, well, buddy, who knows? I said, I said you know, it, it might be a new puppy. You know, he just got a new puppy. He said, it might be another one. He said, dad, it's flat. It's not a puppy. I said, well, buddy, maybe you need to just be patient and wait till Christmas. But he's feeling of it. He's doing it on his face and rubbing it across and he's kind of shaking it. And he goes, dad. I didn't order this. He's so disappointed by whatever's in there, and he don't even know what it is. Here's my challenge for us today, that we look so intently, that we behold Christmas so much like a child inspecting a Christmas gift, with such anticipation, with such excitement, with such joy of wanting to know what this thing is all about. And so today, I want to share an obscure Christmas story with you. We typically skip this story to get to Mary. It's the story of Zachariah. Some of you go, who's Zachariah? Zachariah is John the Baptist's dad. He's the husband of Elizabeth who also was told she was going to have a miraculous birth at the same time Mary is having her birth. And it's a part of this Christmas story, but we typically skip it. And we get right to the, to, the, to the story of Jesus. But I believe today Zachariah's story will really tell us what this Christmas is about and what we do with it from here. So the big idea is what do we do with Christmas once it's back in the attic? How do we take Christmas every day and begin living this out in the new year to come so it isn't just a tradition or something that we do, but it is something that we are? So let's pray and let's invite God to speak to us in his word. Father, I love you. Thank you for all my friends in this room, all of our friends online. God, I just pray that today your word changes us, motivates us, shapes us today to who you want us to be. Christmas is not just a tradition. It's not just a story. It's not just a date on the calendar, but it is a miracle to be lived each and every day. So help us today to learn it and to embrace it so we can live it. In Jesus' name, amen. So at the top of your outline, I put just a couple of obscure verses, it looks like, on the outline. But in order to understand Zechariah and what we do with Christmas, we first have to understand his story and what happened. So when you get in Luke chapter 1, his story is the very first one of all the Christmas stories. And then we typically skip a few verses down and we get to Mary. But I want to back up to this guy. See, he has a moment with an angel as well. Just as the angel came to Mary and Joseph and said, hey, you're going to give birth to the Son of God, he also showed up to this guy named Zechariah and gives him some news that he's going to give birth to a son. Not him. It's not Google thing. It's his wife. Okay, They're going to be pregnant. Uh, Google, can a man give birth? It actually happens more than you think. That's what Google says. It's not what the Bible says. All right, Zechariah says to this angel who has just told him that his wife Elizabeth is going to be pregnant, he says to the angel, how can I be sure that this will happen? I am an old man now, and my wife, well, she's also along in years. Notice the wisdom of this guy. He's like, God, I'm old. I'm worn out. I'm used up. And my wife, she is along in her years as well. She's mature, God. You know, he didn't say she's old too. A lot of wisdom right there, everybody. I love it. Then he says this. The angel says, well, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. In other words, who are you to be asking me? I'm the angel. I was with God. You're just the servant. You're just the one to receive the news. Don't rewrite it. Who are you to be asking me? But now, notice this, verse 20. This is where it gets real. But now, underline this statement. Since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. See, he spent all of his wisdom on his wife. <laughs> My wife, who is along in her years. But how could this be? Certainly this can't happen. I'm an old man. She's along in her years. We're barren. We're unable to have kids. Why, after all this time, how will I know that what you say, angel, is true? First of all, if an angel is talking to me, I don't care what the angel says. Just sign me up. I'm not going to argue with an angel physically standing in front of me. But he has this ability to go, well, how do I know this is going to happen? And I just love how God works because we got to be careful, everybody, because God goes, well, here's how you're going to know. From this point on, you don't get to say a word. As a matter of fact, you're mute. Your wife is about to have the best portion of her marriage that she has ever had in all of the years. And not only are you going to be mute, but you're going to be mute until your son arrives into the world. So, hey, Elizabeth, bonus, miraculously pregnant, pregnant, and your husband can't talk for the next nine months. Blessings to you, okay? So this is how this is playing out. So I got to thinking, I was like, okay, well, you've got Zachariah, whom I didn't think asking was such a big deal. God, how could this? I'd be like, oh, God, I don't understand this either. But the key here is that the Bible says that he did not believe. And I began to think about Mary and her response to when she was told she was going to have a miraculous birth. And here's what happened. Look, up it on your outline. Mary also asked the angel, but how can this be? Because I'm a virgin. So she wanted to know as well, like God, how, how in the world is this going to play out? This does not make sense. But notice her response in verse 38. Once she digested, What this angel is saying, she says, I am the Lord's servant. Underline that statement. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. You see, church, here's what I'm saying. Today, we have two different directions that we can take this Christmas story. We can take it as something that we've been told and something that we've heard. We can take it as a tradition. We can take it as something that happens in the month of December, specifically after Thanksgiving for some of you, all right? And we can take this moment and we can treat it like something that's categorized as a moment on the calendar and we can say well I'm not really sure about all of that I don't really know what all that means for my everyday life or we can be like Mary and say hey God whatever you want me to have of this whatever you want me to receive I'm going to give it to you it's for you you do whatever you want to do so today we get an option of what we do with this Christmas do we behold it do we take it do we receive it and live it or do we challenge it and what I love is later on when you read after John the Baptist is born Zachariah's little boy, all the family is gathered around at this little boy. And all the is wanting to know, what are you going to name him? What's his name going to be? And God had already told them that they were to name him John. So Elizabeth goes, we're going to name him John. And everybody in the family, you've got some of these relatives, go, John? What are you going to name him John for? Nobody in your family even named John. Where did you get the name John? And then the Bible says they all turn and look at Zechariah who still can't speak. That's what I love. They had to turn to look at He's in the back somewhere just hanging out. And they look at him like, are you going to go along with this? And he motions for them to send him, you know, a tablet to scribble on. And he says, and he shows them John. And the Bible says as soon as he wrote the name John, suddenly he was able to speak. And after all this time of silence, listen to me, God had begun doing something in Zechariah's life. Sometimes, listen to me, don't miss this. Behold this. When it feels quiet in your life, and when you feel like God has abandoned you, or God has punished you, or God has forgotten about you, or when you feel like God gave you a promise and something great was supposed to be happening, but yet it feels distant and disconnected, sometimes God just has to silence us and slow us down so that he can speak to us and give us what it is that he wants us to receive. Because many of us are saying things like, well, that'd be great, God, but really how in the world is that ever going to happen? So God says, hey, just slow down. I'm about to do something, I'm about to speak to your life, and I'm about to teach you something. And God gave what I believe Zachariah three very important things that I want to bring to us today about what we do and how we treat Christmas all year long. So when we leave this moment, when you put your tree up, when all the festivities are done, what do we do with Christmas? Well, there's three things that I want you to do. Number one, write this down. I'm talking about a Christmas prepared. Three things about Christmas. A Christmas prepared. Notice when Zechariah starts speaking... After his silence is lifted, he has his son, who is now we know named John. (laughs) They didn't like it, but God did. He's holding his son, and he begins to speak some things. Here's what he says. And you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High, because you will, underline this statement, prepare the way for the Lord. You will prepare the way for the Lord. You see, it was prophesied that John would literally and physically go out into all the people and he would begin to communicate the coming of Jesus. He would communicate that Jesus was about to come and his ministry was about to start and miracles were about to happen and lives were about to be changed. John physically took on this life on purpose that God had given him to go and to prepare the way for the very ministry of Jesus. Now we can say, oh that's cool that John the Baptist did that. We're cool that that's a story in the Bible but Christmas is about the fact that God sent his son into the world and so for us today, that continues throughout the year. Jesus isn't just here at Christmas time. The story of Jesus, although will be put back in the attic for most people, you and I are called to prepare the way for the gospel of Jesus to carry this into the world all year long. Don't treat Christmas as this little compartmentalized event that happens in the month of December that we put away. But take this very story, living, breathing message of Jesus and carry it out into the world. John was to prepare the way. The Bible says that John grew up in the wilderness He grew up away, preparing himself for the time to come. For when Jesus came, he would go and he would do what God had called him to do. Our responsibility, listen to me as believers, is to be prepared to do what God has called us to do. In other words, a moment like this, this is great on Sundays. But the truth is, we can come in here, we can be surrounded by people and still feel alone. We can sing songs and we can honor God and we can worship God and still not feel the presence of God. Why? Because we're not prepared. See, the preparation starts on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And our own private time of prayer, our own private time of worship, our own private time of spending those moments with God, that's what prepares us. See, in the second week of January, we'll do 21 days of prayer and fasting together. We do it every year. We set aside those 21 days. Why? Not just for something to do, but it prepares us. It gets us where we need to be. It says, okay, God, I'm going to realign my life. I'm going to get ready for this year. I'm going to put you first so that I can be prepared to do whatever it is that you've called me to do. It doesn't take much for us to prepare a way for people to get to Jesus. Do you know that? You know, this. you ever heard this statement? And it's been said for many years now that customer service is dead. You know what I'm talking about? You ordered fast food lately? Man, come on now. Can't be that bad. Somebody, I feel for you working if you're working in fast food. I went through a fast food place the other day, and uh, I walked in the building, and they said, oh, I'm so sorry, sir. The door wasn't locked. <laughs> so, I said, I said you sorry? What do you mean the door wasn't locked? They said, oh. The dining area isn't open. It's closed now. We only do drive-through. So if you'd go back out, get in your car and drive around, I'd be happy to serve you. And I drive around, and like half of the sign is missing, literally ripped out of this particular uh, fast food sign. And I get up to the window, and I just said, I said ma'am, I said, are you okay? I was like, is everything fine in here? Like, what's going on? And she said, well, it's, it's just me and one other person. I said it's been that way since COVID. So we can't get, can't get people, nobody can't get them to work. And I said, so... um you get a lot of happy people through this drive through don't you? And she said, oh, honey, you don't even know. And so she starts telling me about how horrible it has been since they have been working in the condition that they're working under. See, when you go places, it doesn't take long to realize customer service, people treating you well, it's not very good anymore. As a matter of fact, most businesses now say they're competing on customer service more than they're competing on product or price. They said this, that if we can get our customer service and treat you well, that you'll come back, you'll pay a premium. You'll pay more money for good service if we treat you well and that's what I believe that you and I are living every day hey look it doesn't take much to put your buggy back that's a word from the Lord right there some of you you're feeling convicted okay and you should All right? you say well but the buggy thing was all the way down there well do your heart some good and wheel that buggy down there and put it up come on everybody it's just a little common courtesy listen go out there today let me just tell you this just dr- I don't even care if you go in the store. Just drive over to Walmart and just grab a buggy and put it back. There will be people watching you like you've got 14 heads on your shoulders. You put a buggy back? Why did you do that? Well, just, uh, just common courtesy, everybody. And uh, Jesus loves you. Well, he must. I need to know this Jesus you speak of because I, too, need to be able to put buggies back. Right? It, it just doesn't take much. You know when you walk in and you see somebody's, you just walk around and look at people's faces. People look like they have lost their best friend each and every moment of every single day. It don't take much to say, hey, thinking about you today, praying for you today. It's going to be okay. Is there anything that I can do to pray about you? Is there anything that I can do that's not selfish for me to get involved in your life? It does not take much to stand out in this world, everybody. What if you just put something positive on social media? Man, wouldn't that shine like a shining star in the middle of the darkness? See, the benefit we have in the culture that we're living in is that it doesn't take much to show people that we're different. And if we're saved by the power of Jesus, it should not take much for us to be different. What does it mean to live this Christmas out? It means that you prepare the way for people to get To Jesus simply by the way that we live. Prepare the way for Jesus. Number two, as Zachariah is speaking to his son, John, he's talking about a Christmas proclaimed. A Christmas proclaimed. Let me explain that. He says to John, You will tell, underline the word tell. Little baby John can't even speak yet, but he will one day. And his daddy said, Hey, you will tell his people. How to find what? Salvation. Through the forgiveness of their sins. He said, look, son, your your whole purpose, living your life on purpose on this earth, as you grow one day, not only are you going to prepare the way, not only are you going to show it, not only are you going to live it in front of them, but sometimes you're going to use your words. You're going to go out and you're going to proclaim the salvation that comes through the forgiveness of your sin. Romans 10 is a beautiful chapter that talks about the ability that everybody has To come to God. It's this miraculous moment where everybody in Scripture, in the time of them debating who was the Messiah for, who was eligible to have a relationship with Jesus. Well, Romans 10 just says, hey, look, everybody breathing on the planet, anybody and everybody, no matter how you've lived or what you, you have the ability to come to Jesus. But then it gives a challenge saying, but how will anybody know unless someone tells them? You see, we can do all of our Christmas tradition, and it's easy to put up the lights and talk about Jesus because he's the reason for the season, so everybody talks about it. But when we put that up, for some reason we all feel like we've lost our ability to speak the name of Jesus. Some of us as believers, we got to get good at proclaiming the name of Jesus. Look, we do this in a lot of different ways. Look, let me just tell you this. Cultivate Church is literally the easiest way to proclaim the name of Jesus. It is so simple to say, I would love for you to come to church with me. And you can have confidence in look, when I grew up in church, this was what we prayed. I got somebody come to church today. God, please don't let anything weird happen today. God, please don't let anything like insane to scare them to death or something weird to happen. Please don't let, you know, that we kind of had those, you know, we had like crazy ladies like god please don't let them do something weird right we had this one lady that she wore a sweater every time and if she didn't like something she turned sideways in the church and she tugged on her sweater and she gave you like the evil eye out of the corner if she didn't like the music that was being played or the message that was being given or god forbid you came in in some blue jeans or something that she hated that i was like god please don't let her talk to my friend today but let me tell you cultivate church how easy is this Come on, nobody's bothering you. Nobody's coming to get you. Nobody's going to make you do anything weird or embarrass you. Look, it's going to last one hour. I promise you, I got a clock. I'm going to be done on time, baby. I got it. Don't you worry. And if you don't like church, it's going to be over in a minute. And if this wasn't your deal today, see me after church. I'll recommend 15 good churches in this community for you go try. It's all good. It is easy to come to church here, and that is great. Because this is an on-ramp to Jesus. It is easy, everybody, to do The big give. Well, we all give and we do generosity. We're going to do that today. It's easy to do Cultivate Joy. It's easy that we all gave collectively and we did something big together and we blessed 200 kids for Christmas, over 160 families. As a matter of fact, just yesterday we got an email from a mom that said, uh, I'm a mom, a single mom, I'm dealing with cancer and she said I'd already prepped my kids that this year Christmas was going to look very different. She said but because of your church, she said it doesn't look very different than it has in the past because of the generosity of your church and she said I'm giving my heart and my life to Jesus and I want to be a part of that and I want to serve, and I want to make a difference, and I want cultivate church to be my home. Isn't that awesome? Come on, that's what it's about. You know what? You were a part of that. It was so easy that we all got to do it, but but it's deeper than that, everybody. He's not just asking us to do it corporately. He's saying, you And me, individually, every day, I'm to go out and to prepare the way for Jesus. I've got to learn to stand in the middle of the grocery store, and when I see somebody having a bad day and a bad season of life, that I can go, hey, guess what? This is where I was, but this is what Jesus has done. This is the change of my life. Can I pray for you? Can I help you? Can I serve you? Can I be there for you? We have to take the responsibility, everybody, to take this out. Invite them to church. Yes, that's awesome. But we can't let everything be an invitation to church. Somehow, we have to learn as believers to give them Jesus from our mouths where we are. That's what proclaiming the gospel is. John, hey, buddy, when you grow up and you live your life on purpose, you're going to prepare the way for the very presence of Jesus to come in. And you're going to proclaim his name through the things that you say and the things that you take to people. It's powerful. That's what Christmas is. That's a Christmas to behold. And then number three, it's a Christmas produced. A Christmas produced. Let me explain that to you. Luke 1, 78, 79. Zacharias says, because of God's tender mercy. Underline that statement. Because of his tender mercy. Because, see, we can't do it without Him. That's the good news. God gives us mercy. God's there for us. The morning light from heaven, hey, it's about to break on us. This darkness, this silence that we've had for 700 years waiting on the Messiah to come. It had been foretold that Jesus was coming. People had been waiting for a long time. They were waited out. Come on, it had been dark. It had been silent. But, hey, look, a light from heaven, it's about to break to give light to those who what? Sit in darkness, and in the shadow of death, look at this, a guide to the path of peace is on the way. In other words, hey, it's about to get real. Things are about to change. Jesus is about to show up. Something is about to happen. Look, when you prepare the way, when you proclaim the name of Jesus, it produces something. I want to ask you a very uh, forward question this morning that I want you to ask yourself with all intent and with all sincerity, I want you to challenge yourself. And maybe you need to ask yourself this throughout the week in your prayer time. I want you to ask yourself the question what is my spiritual life producing? What does my spiritual life produce? Not, well, I mean, I go to church on Sundays, it's pretty cool. The coffee's really good in the cafe. Or, you know, I I read my Bible sometimes. I've got the Bible app on my phone. One day I'm going to open it use it. It's cool, but I'm almost there. I'm one of the downloads. What does my spiritual life produce? The Bible says when we get to heaven, he's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. He's not going to say, well attended. He's going to say, well done. You know what done means? It means something was produced. It's what we produce as a body, and it's what we produce as a member. The member of the body. My hands are a member of my body. My hands have responsibilities. My arm has responsibility. They all do something, and each one doing their own work. Collectively, the body gets, it gets a lot of praise done at what we do, but every area counts. And God's going to look at us, and he's going to say, well done. What did you produce Christmas produced the hope of the world Christmas produced the greatest miracle that we've ever been given Christmas produced an opportunity for people to physically walk and talk with the son of God Christmas produced the sacrifice that would go to the cross to die for our sins so that we could be set free the life that I've been given The years that I have. I don't know how many years I have on this planet. I hope it's a lot. But it may not be. But I know right now, today, I've got breath in my body. God gave me this moment. And He intends for it to produce something that's a reflection of Him. Through the way that I live. Through the things that I speak. So that people would be ushered to the very miracle of Christmas. All year long. It's a Christmas to behold. So that's my prayer for us today, that we would be Christmas in this dark world to bring the light that leads to peace in the lives of people that God brings us to. So I want to pray that over us today. Will you bow your head, close your eyes with me and if you're our guest nothing funny or weird is going to happen. I'm just going to take a moment to pray for us. Our band's going to come back, play softly. If you're watching online, if you can, just minimize distraction because I want to take this moment to just pray for us. Really three things on my heart today. Number one is you may be in here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Well, let me just tell you this: the greatest greatest step you could take. It's the greatest decision you could ever make is saying yes to a relationship with Him. Maybe you're in here today and you're just so overwhelmed by stuff that you've just forgotten. That you've just made it an internal relationship instead of external. We've become so focused on what's missing instead of what's here. What's lost instead of what's gained. The hurts instead of the healings. What if today we just go back to what matters the most and say, God, help me to prepare the way, to proclaim your name, and to produce something that lasts for eternity. I want to pray that we can rise up to be those believers, to represent Jesus well all year long. And then I also know that there are needs in this room. I do know that this season is heavy. I don't think it's a coincidence that God says those living in the land of darkness would see a great light because it can feel dark in seasons of our life. And that's why Jesus has come is to light your life. And I want to pray for us today that whatever that need may be, that today you would know the presence of God is there for you. So God, I pray for all of my friends. If there's one in this room or watching online that does not have a relationship with you, Father, today we pray, just forgive us of our sin. We choose to put you first. Thank you for loving us. We're going to leave differently from this moment all because of you. So we choose to put you first. To live for you and to follow after you. Thank you for forgiveness today. And God, I pray for all of us as believers that we would live this Christmas season all year long. That it would literally be a Christmas to behold. That we wouldn't look over it, we wouldn't look past it, but we would embrace it. Live to prepare the way for the Lord, to proclaim his name and to produce something that literally moves into eternity. God, remind us of the why behind the what that we're here. And the life on purpose that you've called us to live and god i pray for everybody who's just maybe overwhelmed just struggling hearts are heavy families are in turmoil there's discord and god there's health issues financial issues there's pressures and hurts habits hang-ups pains in our life got all the things god i pray right now that your presence would be with every person that you would encourage today that you would lift them God, remind them that you're there in the midst of every season and every circumstance. And Jesus, may in all of it, you get the best from who we are, that we honor you with our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, can we do that? Let's honor the Lord together. Come on. He's good.